This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. On November 7th, 2007, Lena Kaufman was found dead on the bathroom floor by her husband, Adam, who called 911 while trying to revive her. Lena, Lena, come on, wake up. Lena, not breathing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There were deep bruises on Lena's neck, which led detectives to suspect murder. 17 months later, Adam Coffin was charged with killing his wife. But as you're about to find out, investigators had only gone skin deep and missed the heart of the story. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. I think about Lena every day. She was stunningly beautiful. She had class, elegance, style. This is Adam Kaufman. I met him in 2012, nearly five years after his wife's death. He's a big man, warm and open, and what struck me is that he was willing to talk about any detail of his case. This particular morning, it was about five o'clock. remember waking up and seeing her not there. And I figured, okay, you know, she's with the baby. She's not in bed, she's with the baby. Right around six o'clock, I woke up again. She wasn't there. That's when I got a pit in my stomach. I remember calling, no response. I remember walking into the bathroom and seeing her there, slumped over onto the magazine rack. In November of 2007, Adam and Lena had been married for seven years with two children. She had always been athletic and healthy, he says, until that Wednesday morning the 7th. This is more of his 911 call. She looks sick. She had more on her neck. I don't know what happened. Lena! 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 Lena!
Adam then called his twin brother, Seth, who was one of the first on the scene. When I got there, Adam was at the top of the staircase, hysterical. Adam losing his wife was awful, Seth told me. I can tell what he's thinking, what he's going through. We do feel each other's pain. That's how close we are. Yet he also says that no one in the family was ready for what happened next in April 2009. 18 months later, it was like a second death in the family. A SWAT team came in with laser-pointed rifles and threw Adam on the floor and arrested him. The arrest of Adam Kaufman for the murder of his wife, Lena, was a huge story in Aventura, Florida. It's an upscale neighborhood near Miami, and he was a member of a well-connected family. His mother, Elaine, told me at the time that she was shocked by how many people, even their longtime friends, believed her son could be capable of murder. I hear whispering when I go places. Some people just ignore you. Some people don't want to hear from you. There are people in this town who think your son is a killer. But Elaine wasn't going to let gossip change the way she felt about her son, she says, or make her less willing to fight for him. Let them think what they want to think. We're going to get through this, and we're going to show everybody that he's not. Adam Kaufman, a real estate executive, suddenly saw his name and face on TV and in the paper for reasons other than business. you got to be kidding me. How could this happen? Seth insists that there were no problems in his brother's marriage. And to be honest, that's why I wanted to cover this case. As far as anyone could tell, the couple seemed made for each other. There were no affairs, no apparent financial problems. She was his soulmate, and they were just amazing together. Let me tell you a little bit about Lena. Friends say she was funny, lively. She had lived in five different countries before finally settling in Florida and meeting Adam. She spoke Russian, English, Danish, Flemish, Hebrew, um, a little bit of Italian. Sophisticated? Very sophisticated. And I was just in awe. They met at a party, dated for three years, got married, and quickly had children. I was just kind of patting myself on the back, saying, wow, you're a lucky guy. <laughs> and in November of 2007, Adam and Lena seemed to be getting along well. But Lena's mother, Frida, remembers an odd conversation that she had with her daughter just two months before her death. She said, listen, if something happened to me, I want you to know that I trust my kids only to you. I don't know why she asked me. I don't know what, what her thought was on this moment. The last time Frida saw her daughter alive was November 6th, the day before her death. They were at work at their family's furniture business. I said, you look so beautiful, so classical. She said, are you proud of me? I said, of course. And how would you describe her mood when you saw her? She was very... Very, very happy. Lena, Adam, and their children lived right around the corner from Seth and his fiancée, Raquel, who were planning on getting married in days. Was Lena excited about the wedding? Oh, 
She was so looking forward to it. She was one of Raquel's bridesmaids. I was Seth's best man. She was her happiest. Lena wanted to look great, so after work, she got a spray tan, her first, and stopped by a friend's house to show it off. Adam says he was home with their children. Haley, their oldest, was five at the time. Jake was almost two. I remember her coming home around 11 o'clock. Did you see her when she came Yes, out? yes. I was already in bed watching TV. Adam says everything seemed fine, and when she changed her clothes for bed, he could definitely tell where Lena had been earlier that day. You could definitely tell she was spray tanned. It just seemed a lot to me. He didn't think much about it, he says, when they both went to bed, until waking up and seeing that Lena was no longer in bed and then finding her in their bathroom on the floor, draped over a magazine rack. I remember going over to her, seeing all of this red stuff all over, pink, frothy, whatever it was. And I remember grabbing her from the back and she felt cold. Lena, 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 wake up. At 6.10 a.m., Adam called 911. My wife is dead from dying. She's on the floor dying. There's blood, there's stuff coming out of her mouth. There's all my... She looks pale. She looks sick. She has blood on her neck. I don't know what happened. The operator told him to give her CPR, and he followed her instructions. I need you to do compressions, okay? Push down on her chest rapidly 30 times. It's chilling and heartbreaking to hear the audio from that morning. Can you hear her breathing? No, she's cold. Adam says he was alarmed and confused by the bruising he saw on his wife's neck. You told the operator there were marks on her neck. Where were those marks? There were maybe three or four of them that I could see. Did something happen? Did she fall? No, no, calm down, calm down, sir. Help is on the way, okay? But the fire rescue teams had trouble finding the house, and they didn't arrive for at least fifteen minutes. They were frantic, putting something over her face, putting something in her mouth continually asking me questions about her health. I'm thinking of, okay, what health problems does she have? Lena was always healthy to me. Adam's brother says he is haunted by what he saw. We got there and they were working on her in the bedroom at that time. It was just an awful scene. It was just tough to, to, to look at. Lena Kaufman couldn't be saved. She was pronounced dead at the hospital. I was numb. I, I couldn't. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't. I, I couldn't feel my body. What are you thinking had happened to Lena? I had no idea. Lena's mother heard the news from Adam. Adam was crying. Then he said, "She's gone. Lena is gone." What did you think? I don't know if I could think in this moment. I just, uh, the only one thought I have that it's not true, that it's not true. She cannot leave me here without her. She cannot do this to me. Lena's friends, Melissa Fedowitz, 
I could not comprehend how a healthy 34-year-old woman just dies. And Jennifer Ben Saden. Something happened. And that was my question for months. What happened? If family and friends were wondering, you can imagine what the cops thought. And they made no secret that they thought Adam had acted suspiciously at the hospital. There are officers who said you didn't act normal. How do you act? Is there a book on how you act when your wife just passes away? How do you act? How do you act? What did you think? What killed her? I didn't know, and it was very, very, very frustrating. Even after an autopsy, there was no definitive cause of death. Adam told me that he repeatedly called the Dade County Medical Examiner for answers. And they all kept telling me, we're waiting on test results, we're waiting on test results. And I kept calling in, no return phone calls, no answers. In April 2009, he finally got an answer, but it was not, he says, anything he expected. The Dade County Chief Medical Examiner ruled that Lena had died from mechanical asphyxiation. She was strangled. Adam was arrested, charged with murder, and jailed. I know my brother more than anyone in this world. And I know he's just not capable of anything like that. He just cannot do that. At a hearing two months later, Adam's lawyers presented a very unusual defense, one that made headlines nationally. They said Adam didn't kill his wife. The spray tan did. Okay, intrigued? I certainly was, and I had to know more. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. A few hours before she passed away, she had a spray tan for the first time. It is possible to have an allergic reaction from this. So that was our thought. Everything else was normal. When Adam Kaufman couldn't explain how or why his 33-year-old wife died, he and his attorneys suspected some kind of allergic reaction to the chemicals used in a spray tan. A killer spray tan? Well, you might guess what the county prosecutor handling the case thought of that theory. It was a laughable defense, truly. Laughable or not, Adam Kaufman was released on a half-million-dollars bond. Tracked by an electronic ankle monitor, he went home to his family to prepare for trial. The defendant is charged with second-degree murder. It took three years, but finally, in May 2012, Adam got his day in a downtown Miami courtroom. It was a high-profile trial. After all, this had become known as the spray tan murder case. Adam Kaufman was flanked by a high-powered, highly paid team of defense lawyers, and he would need them. 
Among those witnesses called by the state, the first responders on the scene who testified that Adam's mood swings following his wife's death struck them as odd. Mr. Kaufman on the scene was sometimes very calm, just talking like us right now. And within a second, he would be completely a, a grieving type, out of control. It, it was almost like an act. But covering as many trials as I have, I know there's no proper way to act under stress. And I raise that with Prosecutor Hogue. Everyone acts differently under pressure. True. But probably there's probably nobody that sees more of that than these people. Right. You know, they didn't think that it was real. This is Hogue questioning emergency personnel about their conversations with Adam Kaufman. Okay, did you describe how he found her in the bathroom? Yes. Paramedic Kimberly Kennerly Burke says that she overheard Adam telling others that he found his wife slumped over the toilet. Crouched over the toilet as if she was vomiting. While a doctor at the hospital testified. She had some strange marks on her neck, and uh, I was asking if he knew how those might have occurred. And at that point in time, he stated that maybe the patient was laying on a magazine rack in the bathroom. Why would these people think that you had something to do with Lena's death. I, 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 I pondered that for, for years now. And when someone that young and healthy dies, people want answers. And I can't give people answers they want to hear. And even Prosecutor Hogue admits that she can't explain why Adam would kill his wife. Is there any evidence that Adam Kaufman was having an affair? No. Is there any evidence that Lena Kaufman was having an affair? No. Is there any evidence that there were serious domestic problems in this relationship? No. But isn't that going to make it very difficult in front of a jury to believe that this couple who seemed to love each other would just blow up one time and end up with, with a homicide? Well, you know, the injury speaks for itself. I don't know that he necessarily meant to do it, but I know that he did it because of the injury to her neck here, there, and the strap muscles. It was very deep, sustained pressure. Hogue's theory is that the couple fought on the morning of November 7th. Over what? She can't say. But she does say the proof is in those photos of Lena's neck. You believe there was an argument that started in the kitchen? I do, because her, her breakfast was half done. Hoke says Lena Kaufman was compulsively neat and that she never would have left a bowl of cereal and a half-eaten banana on the counter. So she says the argument had to have started there and then moved upstairs to the bathroom. You know, she may well have just been going into the shower saying, you know, screw you, I'm not going to listen to you anymore, I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, he just flew off the handle. Yes, you are. Grabs her. And, you know, it's not that hard for someone as big and as strong as him to strangle someone. What does Adam say about that? The prosecutor says that she believes that there was a fight that morning before. Did you fight with Lena? Absolutely not. Lena and I argued, just like every married couple. Did we argue that day? Absolutely not. Everything was perfect. Ah, but things may not have been so perfect. There were some minor issues that I tried to stay out of. There were some um, 
there was an issue with walking down the aisle. In the weeks before Seth's wedding, Lena had learned that her husband, Seth's best man, would walk down the aisle with the maid of honor, not her. When Lena found out that she wasn't walking with Adam, it, it really set her off. Lena's friend Jennifer says that Lena was very upset. You call it a minor issue. Some of her friends say it was a major issue. I can't say it did not bother Lena, but Lena and I did talk about it. We did, and she was upset about it. Definitely was upset. Did that become a physical fight? Not at all. No. Never. I've never laid a hand on her in our entire relationship. Nothing happened. Look at the evidence. It's hard to believe that a fight like that could lead to murder. But we've seen sillier motives, and that's what the state suspected. She didn't do it to herself. You know, it has to be done by someone else. He's the only person that could have done it. But Adam's lawyers see the case quite differently. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Adam Kaufman is innocent of this charge. None, zero, zip. The first time I saw a defense attorney, Bill Matthewman, John F. Kennedy came to mind. He did. He looks a little like him, and he is passionate. There are two sides to every story, ladies and gentlemen. An innocent man has been falsely charged. Alongside Matthewman was defense attorney Al Millian. I was a prosecutor for 12 years. By trial, Millian and Matthewman had changed their strategy. It was no longer a case of the spray tan did it, since they couldn't prove it. Yet they still believed their client was innocent. So they planned to prove that cops botched the investigation into Lena's death. This case was assigned to a detective who had never uh, conducted a homicide investigation. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Adam's attorneys, Bill Matthewman and Al Millian, believed that cops were so focused on murder that they never considered that Lena could have died from some undiagnosed health issue. There are unexplained deaths that happen in this country every day. People pass away from natural causes. And sometimes they can figure out what it is. Sometimes they can't. But if that's true, how do they explain those bruises on Lena's neck? Here's Bill Matthewman. When Lena Kaufman passed out, she fell onto a rack filled with very thick magazines. And those marks are consistent with her 
resting on top, falling on top of those magazines in the magazine rack, and they're inconsistent with any type of fingernails or fingers of anything of that nature. Or the injuries in Lena's neck muscles could have been caused, says Al Million, by paramedics trying to save her. They tried to intubate her, and, and they made multiple efforts. In fact, there were three failed attempts to insert a tube down Lena's windpipe to help her breathe. And did Adam himself accidentally cause some of the injuries? Do you think when you were giving her CPR, you might have left some of these injuries? I, 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 I can't tell you one way or another. I, I'm working on my wife. I want to believe that I wasn't rough on her. Did I tilt her head back? I thought I did it gently. Is it possible that I didn't? Yeah, it's possible. Al Million raises another issue that points to Adam's innocence. Nothing on her body indicates that she was involved in a struggle. You would have expected to see that Adam would have had scratches on his face, on his arms, on his hands, on his wrists, none of which existed. And that bathroom would have been full of marks. That tanning spray leaves trace evidence everywhere. The defense also raised serious questions about the integrity of the investigation when questioning the lead crime scene technician. You're friends with Detective Angulo? I'm a co-worker of his, yes. But when you've been off duty, you've socialized with Detective Angulo? No, sir. But a day later, she admits what the defense already knew, that during the investigation, she had been romantically involved with the lead detective. Did you have an affair with Detective Angulo? Yes, and my husband is well aware of it, sir, and I am happily married, and I don't have any issues with that any longer. Why does this matter? Al Millian explains. It wasn't about the affair. It's about the lying and the motivation for covering up. Did you have any idea no. that this crime scene technician was having a relationship with the lead detective? No, none. Prosecutor Hogue was honest with me. Yeah, it was very, very bad for us. The defense wasn't finished. After the county medical examiner testified that Lena had been strangled, Adam Kaufman's attorneys brought in their own medical expert, forensic pathologist Dr. John Maricini. He testified that Lena Kaufman died of an undiagnosed heart failure, and he showed the jury slides to prove it, slides that showed, he said, that Lena was suffering from an inflammation of the heart. This area is where normal heart muscle used to be and something happened. There was disease here, and disease changed the tissue from this to this. My opinion is she developed an irregular heartbeat. She collapsed. Altogether, there were six doctors, four for the state and two for the defense. They examined the same medical records, but reached very different conclusions. So what is the truth? Was Lena Kaufman murdered, or did she die of a broken heart? Does a case like this scare you? It does. I wanted someone who wasn't involved in this case to look at the evidence. 
So my 48 Hours producer, Lisa Fried and I, took the case to Dr. Gregory Davis. He was a medical examiner for the state of Kentucky, and Prosecutor Hogue was willing to allow him to look at the case file. I interviewed him weeks after the trial. As you sit here now, do you now believe you know what killed Lena Kaufman? I do. You have no question about it? No question. She died of myocarditis that caused an acute cardiac dysrhythmia and caused her death. Dr. Davis had reached a similar conclusion to Dr. Maricini. Lena's heart killed her, not her husband. And he showed me the slides that he says convinced him. This pink thing is a heart cell, and these are inflammatory cells that are actually attacking and destroying that heart cell. The picture that Dr. Davis showed me, a slide of Lena's heart, should have been mostly pink. Instead, you could clearly see dozens of tiny black spots that indicated inflammation. That is a true myocarditis, a true inflammation of the heart, where the body's own immune system is actually attacking the heart. As for those injuries on Lena's neck, well, sadly, Lena may have caused them herself, as she tried to get her breath. If she were suffering a cardiac dysrhythmia, which causes, can cause an air hunger in a patient whose heart needs is her. rapidly failing, she, she feels out of breath, it can be very common for a person to grab at their own neck in that kind of scenario. I think she died a natural death. At trial, Lena's mother, Frida, tells the jury that Lena did have fainting spells, something that could have been caused by her heart. She had a habit, let's see, uh, to faint, yes. So what did you think? It was just normal that she would faint occasionally? Um, no, of course it's not normal, but it was when she was little. We went to the doctors, of course, and they didn't find anything. Will that add up to reasonable doubt for the jury? Will they think it's possible that Lena died of natural causes? Or will they believe, as the state has argued, that she was murdered. It's a scary, scary, scary thing. Look what I made for you, Daddy. After nearly a month-long, hard-fought trial, Adam <laughs> Kaufman's fate is in the hands of strangers, and he wonders if his children, who have already lost their mom, will lose their dad too. Every morning I leave, and I go to. Um, I go to work or the kids go to school and, you know, you hug the kids and you kiss the kids. And you know you're going to see them. This morning was, uh, was, uh, was different. Okay, please bring the jurors. The jury came back after eight hours. Madam Clerk, please come. And I stood up in between Al and Bill and put my head down and just thought of my kids. We the jury in Miami-Dade County, Florida, find as follows. The defendant is not guilty, so say we all, for a person, Bernard W.H. Jennings. All I heard was not guilty. And I felt Bill grabbed me and Al grabbed me and I could hear the family and crying and, and I'm like, is this it? Is, is it over? It was over. Adam was acquitted, although he knows that some in the community may still wonder. Even though you're acquitted, aren't there still some people who wonder? Did you have anything to do with your wife's death? Of course there's people out there that are, that are going to sit and wonder, people that matter. 
know the truth. And that's all I care about. After living under the dark cloud of suspicion for five years, Adam Kaufman could finally move on with his life. He's still in Florida, where he's raising his children and selling real estate. This case has stayed with me all these years, and I would like to think has made me a better reporter. Now when I cover a case of alleged spousal murder, I don't assume anything and I look for every possible explanation because in this case, it looks like Lena Kaufman likely died of a broken heart, literally. She loved her husband, and to this day, he believes she was watching over him. I believe she, she, was, she was a big part of this entire process. She was, uh, she was watching over it. In the end, Lena's heart saved my life. I'm Erin Moriarty, and this is my life of crime. This podcast series is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio. Judy Tigart is 48 Hours executive producer. Steve Dorsey is CBS News Radio executive producer. Production and editing for this season of My Life of Crime by Alan Pang. Our coordinating producer is Danielle Levy. This episode was also produced by Lisa Freed and Tammy Weitzman of 48 Hours. Craig Swagler is vice president and general manager of CBS News Radio. And finally, a thank you to all of you, our listeners. We owe it all to you, the millions of 48 Hours fans. Don't forget to join me online. I'm at EF Moriarty on Twitter, and we're at 48 Hours on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. And as the name suggests, it's a show about medical mysteries, a genre that many fans have been asking us to dive into for years, and we finally decided to take the plunge, and the show is awesome. In this free weekly show, we explore bizarre, unheard of diseases, strange medical mishaps, unexplainable deaths, and everything in between. Each story is totally true and totally terrifying. Go follow Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.